Aloha, I am June Jones of the Houston Roughnecks, and this is the XFL Show. Is cooking. Welcome, football fans. This is the week of January 2nd, 2022, on the road to kickoff 2023. This is For the Love of Football, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. It is a new year, the year in which the majority of the league building will happen for the XFL. It is 2022, and it is time to go to work. This is episode 203. We're in 2022, Bryant. Just over a year. Actually, we are 58 weeks, to be exact, from kickoff. Back to work we go, as one great one once said. Uh, And here we are in the year that was probably the most exciting of my life in 2019. Uh, I can't wait for 2020. I'm, I'm assimilating 2019 with 2022. I got married in 2019, so I don't think I'm going to get that hyped. But who knows? <laughs> they might throw you know a couple cities at me around the same time as the wedding. I'm going to have to reschedule the, the the honeymoon. Who knows? I mean, not the honeymoon. The Back anniversary. Back to work party. we go. All you, that you good stuff. Be, you got to be prepared and on your toes now this year. That That's the gist of it. Be on your toes. Be ready. This, of, of course, is a holiday week. It's New Year's, and everybody's easing back into work, so we didn't really get any news from the XFL this week, just some rumor, and we got rumor on the USFL side too that we're going to get into today. 724-565-4XFL is the number for you to call or leave a voicemail or a text, interact, leave us a message, and maybe we'll reference it and get to it on the show. 724-565-4XFL, or of course, you can go to the social media route at XFL Show if you want to reach us there on Twitter. DMs are open. We are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. You can go to prettyeasypodcasts.com to get your own podcast started with all the help you'd ever need to podcast. Get advice on microphones. Get your editing done. Get all the production, show notes, publishing your show on every possible platform, Apple, Spotify, Google, and that weird one that your cousin listens to because he thinks that people are listening to him. Listen to podcasts on the other platforms. They'll put you there wherever you want to be placed. They help you with everything on your podcast. They help us. They can do it for you. And most importantly, they do it with a personal touch at an affordable rate. And all you have to do to get started is go to their website, prettyeasypodcast.com. Because they make podcasting uh, pretty easy. Uh, So easy that if if, if podcasting was a football, they'd outcatch Cooper Cup. They would. would. And and, uh, Jamar Chase combined and Ooh, that combined. dude from ohio state that was ridiculous as well a lot of big receiver moments just, this week. yes a lot a lot of a lot of it's just a, a, the, the touch that they put on a podcast if my microphone was a podcast right now <laughs> that would be pretty easy podcast it's beautiful it's beautiful and and so is uh this show it's been really fun lately 
because we've been getting some news, some teases. Yeah, because you're just the Rock bashing on the USFL the whole time. I mean, this is a great me, time. not me at all. No, and we'll get to that too. Bro, got the USFL news. It's very interesting, intriguing, and exciting. Uh, Bryant has his own views on it. He's excited for it. I'm going to defend him. He's not a hater of the USFL, but he says some opinions that maybe come off a little bit more blunt than I. And why don't we get <laughs> into it? Let's dink and dunk real quick. First off, let's go to Rico who was on XFL.show. That's the YouTube channel, the official Rico, website of the show. The initial. Rico S. Rico S. for I'm, su- I'm assuming Suave. Uh, oh, Rico I S. I, said, I didn't get that correlation, but okay. On XFL.show, uh, stemming from us talking about a documentary that another fan was asking for from the XFL for Christmas, Rico said it should be a documentary on the purchase by the trio. Uh, meaning The Rock, Danny Garcia, and Redbird Capital. Uh, Vision of the new XFL, new media partnerships, and the future of international football. XFL the movie is what that sounds like to me, Brian. I'm all for it. Uh, Put it on Netflix and it'll it'll get huge numbers. Why? Because The Rock's involved. Oh, yeah. Put, you know, The Rock jumping off a tower, fighting a huge gorilla while, uh, you know, (laughs) battling a video game is what what it sounds like. In a jungle. You can in a has jungle. To be in a yes, jungle. in a jungle. Yes, correct. Um, there's some substance there, I think. I, you know, all seriousness, uh, you know, I, I just want football. So if a documentary yeah. comes, great. I just want football. Give me that after me the that. first yes, season. Exactly. I want to see that for sure. After the first season is successful, we have a champion and everything's hunky-dory with the league going to league, uh, year two. But I love this the a, idea. This Rico is a five-year journey for some of us. Specifically, this podcast—it's been a f- about a five-year journey now, and and we're—it's we're, going to be by the time we kick off again. So, let's get there. We want to get there. Wow! And our wives are still with us somehow. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we both are unemployed too. It's really weird. <laughs> it's 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 really hashtag. We want our jobs back. Uh, at JD Houston two thousand on Twitter. It's my <laughs> it's my favorite of the week. I'll straight up say it. I missed this last week, JD. I missed it. I, this was from over a week ago, but I caught it scrolling through the the notifications, Brian, on Twitter at XFL show and JD, among other opinions about Brian's opinions on the USFL. I picked this one out, said, thanks for being the voice of reason, Alan. You're calling it like it is. And that means you see the progress the USFL is making. And as you said, the USFL's recent accomplishments are showing they have a larger vision for the league than just the Spring League 2.0. And I appreciate you, J.D. Houston 2000, for recognizing that I am the voice of reason on this show. I've been saying it for almost five years, I guess now. And yes, the USFL got that NBC deal. Huge, huge accomplishment. That shows right there that they're going at this from a different point of view than, they, than FS1 did and Fox did with the Spring League last year. That's what I was acknowledging. Bryant, I think, said as much, but probably threw in a couple more, you know, tongue-in-cheek references to how close the USFL is to kicking off without actually having anything announced as far as a league is concerned, hey, which we'll get into. They, the up. USFL has their S together. I'm, 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 I'm putting it out there right now. They fixed that stupid commercial with the damn dots. It's no longer just no They're listening. more. It's no more dot 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 foot no more football. Great no, uh-uh. I like that better though. We <laughs> give us that that promo too though now with the no more. But you're right. We talked about that. The uh, I guess what is that called? The the three dots. The ellipses. I, maybe is that I what think this, you're right. 
Am I right? Definitely. Grammar. Um, Punctuation. Look, the USFL, and, and if you go, we should probably just like screenshot this rant that this fan had uh, about me and what I had to say about the uh, the TV deal. Uh, it's look, it's it's great. It's a great TV deal. But when you have TV partners who have different ideologies of what this thing could be for them specifically, and you are four months from kickoff, really without really any substance that's going to actually play the game on the field. How, how do you expect me to give it credit more than the TSL 2.0? The one thing that they have that the TSL didn't is NBC and cooler names. That's, what a, big, they that's a big one thing. That's a big one thing. Well, yeah, but okay. TSL 2.0 that, that, that to me warrants TSL 2.0 having NBC on, on board. It's just another TV network. It's not like it's. I will say NBC's a, of all the TV ne- uh, networks in sports, <clears throat> it's probably the current currently one of the more desperate of the big boys. I all, I totally forgot. I, I haven't gone to channel two twenty on Directv, which is NBC Sports Network, and then today it just dawned on me like, oh wait, I don't have this channel anymore. What what do I get instead? Doesn't and exist. I think it's just something. Yeah, it just doesn't exist anymore. So USA Network's taking over a lot of the sports. You know, they're they're not. I want to say desperate. They're pivoting. They're changing their entire infrastructure for NBC Sports. So getting the USFL or a property like it, the if the XFL was this year, I'm sure they would have jumped on that uh, because the Rock's involved. They probably didn't want to have to wait. They need content for 2022, the year that we're in. So that is one of the maybe you could head scratching or you could stroke your chin at and be like, "Eh, maybe, you know, it doesn't look all, it's not actually all that great, but the fact that the USFL is being plucked out of thin air and brought back from the dead and is going to be on two big time networks in its return year is impressive to me. Uh, But then again, we don't know who the hell the coaches are, who the players are. The draft is uh, rumored to be coming up soon and the whole league is going to be kind of just thrown together real quick. Real quick, last minute. It's almost, it's not quite a shotgun wedding, if you want to make that analogy, but it's it's a wedding that's being put together. Not as meticulously as yours, I'll say. T-U-S-S-L. The United States Spring League. That's what I'm going with. That's, I don't think J.D. Houston 2000 is going to appreciate that. You think he's Houston or is that his last name? I, I, either way, it's a Let great know, Twitter JD. handle. Look, I appreciate and, uh, you. We appreciate and, and, and them think, listening for sure. For sure. 100%. They're, they're, yeah, and I'm going to watch. And I'm excited to watch. The, the, you know, NBC's doing this thing where they're trying to basically make like a like a cable network, exactly like a broadcast network where they have like television shows and then just kind of sprinkle in sports here and there. It's a new concept. Hopefully it works for them. We all want it to work for them. We love NBC and the content they, they provide. I want to say it's new. TNT does it. We hope that it actually works for NBC. Yeah. And um and can they, and they can, yeah, okay, first of all, TNT does not have the packages that NBC has. They don't have all that stuff. Well, they have N- NBA and now they have NHL and wrestling. Yeah. yeah. And so Mixed NBC has what? Movies and shows. Football, soccer, all these things. Now so the Olympics. More. They'll be the having Olympics. the Olympics. Yeah. I don't see the uh, huge Good luck. I'm not, I'm not hoping, wishing bad on anyone or anything in the USFL. I'm just saying that I'm not sold by just having a TV deal when you still have to put a product on the field. The thing about it, though, you will, find it. you will either be sold or to completely travel. reject it soon because we are closer than ever for the USFL. 
Oh my goodness. April. It's In just Spanish, around the we corner. Do this right here. Yikes. Uh, before we quit Dinkin and Duncan, just want to acknowledge uh, the passing of two football legends, uh, John Madden, of course, and uh, Dan Reeves this past week uh, passing away. Uh, one was an active coach, I think, in our in our lifetime, Dan Reeves, uh, coming up in Super Bowls and really recognizable if you grew up in the late 80s and 90s like we did and started watching football then. And then, and, and just, you know, was responsible for the dirty bird. Well, I guess he allowed it to happen with the Falcons getting into an unlikely Super Bowl. Very memorable that year to me. And of course, there's John Madden Bryant, who uh, didn't coach in our lifetimes, but is the most famous coach in our lifetimes just because of broadcasting and, of course, well, tough acting, tin acting, and the video game Boom. that really kept me from studying uh, actual schoolwork most of my young life yeah it was summers of madden were were, were a thing in our when we grew up i believe if i'm not mistaken raise, you could pick dan reeves as a coach in madden yes of course we and raise your up, hand right? also if you were ever late to football practice because you were playing madden because that that or, definitely with your coach one, and another one, one of you your coaches <laughs> practice yeah. yeah but uh and of course, besides the game, Madden's uh, broadcasting is uh, I is for me who did radio, obviously influential, and uh, we recognize uh, the passing of a legend. I'm I'm all for. I said you see on Twitter, some people are lobbying they should change all pro to all Madden in the NFL. I th- I could see them great. doing it. I would I would be down with that for sure. Oh, EA Sports is like yeah, sure, we'll love to do that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I got to catch the documentary, though, for sure. That came out also uh, recently. And uh, the passing of John Madden and Betty White. I mean, at the end of the year, just a total horrible way to finish the year, but a pretty rough year. So that's why 2022, this is a year of work, of of moving forward. Hopefully we don't lose any legends on the way, but I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to think about building up the XFL to 2023, Brian. That's what this is all about for you and I on this show and of course keeping uh I, I don't know a third eye or keeping eyes in the back of our head on the usfl because that's also coming up and we're going to talk about both things right now if you're ready i i am ready i'm more prepared do it. than a certain league that's about to kick off in a few weeks let's go we are closer than ever <laughs> to this week's cover two he ain't ready cardell jones first up bryant former D.C. Defenders quarterback, not done with football, at least in his mind. He said to TMZ Sports, quote, just a few things that have been announced as some personnel guys and just from a couple of people I know that's going to be involved when it comes to the front office talking about the XFL. They're pushing a kind of combine-ish thing July, June, but who's to say NFL will come calling before that? I'll say it, Cardell. The NFL's not going to... Yeah, not going to call you before the XFL's combine, but the XFL with the combine, which it's his official title, I could see Cardell Jones at that. Do you think he would actually have another shot at the XFL as a starting quarterback? Or do you think if he's invited to the combine, it's just kind of like how Hakeem Nix was at the summer showcase a couple years ago, maybe just to get people interested somehow? let Let me tell you this right here. Justin Herbert is probably turned into the best quarterback 
of uh, of what the twenty was it the twenty twenty draft or twenty nineteen twenty twenty draft right? Yep. Yeah. And now in Houston, uh, they seem to have moved on past Deshaun Watson for obvious reasons, and have found a new quarterback that's kind of settling into his own thing. I forget his name. Davis uh, Mills. Davis Mills. Thank you very much for that, Alan. Uh, what do those two quarterbacks have in common? Their coach was Cardale Jones's coach in D.C. with the Defenders. Right. Pep, Pep Hamilton. Hamilton. If if you did that under Pep Hamilton in the XFL, he was your best chance. I can't help you is what you're saying? I, I can't help him personally. I know <laughs> I can't. And I couldn't throw a football, you know, a, a half a step. But it, Pep's got to be able to help you. And if Pep left you. I'm not. I'm not going to tell Cardell Jones he can't do it. I'm just going to say from what we saw in the XFL, which you're getting at, Bryant, he was coached by Pep Hamilton. The team was pretty darn good, but in a big win they had against, you know, in the middle of that season over St. Louis, they had a, tie, a future tight end playing quarterback from them for them, and they turned into just a running offense because they kind of lost – I don't know if they lost faith in Cardell Jones or if he was injured or what. Maybe it was the Sonic the Hedgehog curse. Uh, also, there was a moment, at least from what we saw as fans on the sidelines, that Cardell was kind of throwing people under the bus in the middle of a game in a frustrating loss to L.A. during the season. Oh, man, isn't this great? We're talking about like in-season things that happen. I think Cardell that was Jones, the Tampa Bay game, by the way. Maybe Tampa that. Bay. Cardell Jones for as maybe frustrating as he was if you were a D.C. Defenders fan for a little bit of that season, had some pretty bright spots early on in the season, looked kind of like an MVP. So I, I'm going to actually say I could see him playing again in the XFL, but where he was at at the end of the, the downfall of the XFL in 2020 was not a good place in the, in the development of his season. Um, I'm not going to say he wasn't succeeding under Pep Hamilton because he did have some okay moments and was putting up some good numbers for a, a, a few games, maybe two or three games. He looked pretty solid. I know you but haven't watched changed those two in games. Things changed in an instant though, when, you know, teams started getting a little bit more tape on everybody and feel for the game. And that's, that's why it would have been so interesting to see how the quarterbacks developed by the end of the season. Well, he was a healthy, and, he wasn't injured for that week five yeah. game against St. Louis. He didn't play. Yeah, he did not play. They yeah, put so, him I mean, if, if the week and progressed, who knows if we would have seen him anymore because the defenders were in first place. You got to remember they scored, I think they outscored their opponents by like almost 20 points each of the first two games and then got completely blown out Yes, by the Wildcats, a winless Wildcats team in week three. So, And then got beat out by a winless Tampa Bay team in week four. So uh, it wasn't looking great. And then they scored nine points. In week five, like, you know, it wasn't I see trending it. in that direction. If I'm going to make a prediction for Cardell Jones, who's a, a big name from 2020, I'm going to say he'll be a backup in 2023. That's my call. Because the USFL's not calling, because they're apparently going for younger players. And if the XFL does, I just think there's going to be so many quarterbacks to choose from that are probably better, honestly. Uh, depending on how many teams we have, though, in 2023, which we still don't know yet. If there's 10, maybe there's a spot for him to win. But I don't know, I don't know I, what I, shape I, he's in and how he's been. Not a belief. If he's football ready. I can, I, you know, if you go from, hey, top eight quarterback signed to 
I have to show up at a combine and prove myself as well. That's, you know, that's something that you have to take into consideration if you actually want to do that. You know, Cardell, if your game, you know, I'd love to be proven wrong. I've, I've, oh, I and he'll be a, one of the most fascinating guys to watch. That's what I'm excited to see is the 2020 guys that make us another attempt at it. See who makes it, who's, you know, interested in doing it again at all. And Cardell Jones saying that is exciting, whether you liked him or not. Uh, I will say he was a good ambassador for the XFL, too, to start the season and was a good voice for the league, a good name, uh, you know, especially recognizable. Maybe that's why people in Ohio all watched the XFL. The ratings in Ohio were good because Cardell Jones was in the in the league, maybe. Um, But yeah, of course, had incidents and moments throughout the season that happened in a football. But then we look at Antonio Brown today. And it's nothing compared to what happened in New York with the Bucks at AB. So yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm I'm all for another chance. And you know, for it's Cardell very likely that like quarterbacks come off the field all the time in the NFL and say those types of things. We just don't get to hear it. It's very likely, you know. So very true. Here that's we are. The XFL the um, access exactly. So Cardell, if if your game, I would be happy to watch and see what happens. It'd be a great story. It could be the greatest comeback story. Could we have? A 2023 comeback player of the year in Cardell Jones could could be good candidate. That let's th- figure that though, because how much we know about five games we watch Cardell Jones, well four, four in the XFL, but we because of the access, I probably know more about Cardell Jones than a player on the ben Pittsburgh Steelers, a team I follow <laughs> all the time. <laughs> then uh, you know it's it's because of the access maybe not as much as big ben but uh, maybe some, i don't know probably like i don't know i'll say um you know more about um more than, what, what's the the the, the bat was it tyree jackson yeah i know when tyree the tight end now for the Eagles. Yeah. I think you knew more on. about tyree jackson than you knew about mason rudolph how about that yes definitely more than mason rudolph <laughs> or i'm gonna say trey turner for sure or actually no not trey turner he played at lsu i covered when he played there all right let's go to part two <laughs> Of the uh, of the cover two here, Bryant, and this is uh, this is the kind of USFL discussion we'll have here. Uh, first off, XFL wise, Mike Jones of uh, USA Today uh, is reporting that the XFL inquired with former Browns coach Hugh Jackson about a coaching position that he turned down. And he's now at Grambling, um, so a coach apparently already contacted by the XFL. Yet, we're closer than ever, tax day to be exact, for the USFL this year, just over three months from kickoff. No coaches announced. We don't even know coaches who have been contacted for the USFL. And then the rumor comes out this week that a February draft will be held for the USFL. So now that we're another week closer than ever for that league, Bryant, uh, what do you think of the rumor reports? We'll call them reports. Uh, the USFL hasn't announced this yet, but there are reports that the USFL draft will happen in February. So a month from now-ish, mid to late February, I guess people are saying. is What's that timeline uh, feel like to you, having your draft that close to a kickoff in April? Two months. Um, so if we go back, the XFL had their draft in the middle of October and mini camps in the middle of December. Training camp in January and then kickoff in February. With this timeline, let's give them the benefit of that and say beginning of February. That gives them a couple weeks to get to mini camp, training camp, and then the you know it's eight weeks, nine weeks maybe. 
tight schedule. Uh, you don't need that big of a gap if your if your players are ready to go right into minicamp. So, but all these details, none of these details are worked out. Are you going? Are you, are you flying everyone to Birmingham right away? Like, how does this work? Birmingham again, which another week goes by, not announced by the USFL as the hub city for the for the 2022 season. The cool thing about it, though, they could hold the draft in February and immediately the day after the draft completes, get right to practicing and prepping for the season. Technically, if you bring everybody into Alabama for that draft and then get them onboarded to your franchise you can really get into league mode and in like season prep mode immediately within february so that's the good thing about having a hub city i'll give them but we'll see if they actually do it or how the logistics work out um behind the scenes i'm sure things are coming together it's just odd they're not announcing anything and drawing any interest in it's a football league. Do you don't they realize like how many people will want to follow and be interested in this? I don't understand why none of it's being publicized just yet. Yeah, this is this is a football league. Oh, I thought we it's were just running commercials. It's a TV show with commercials so far. But come on, um, I mean, unless, that's what makes you think. That's why Brian, you might you have you doubts. can be validated whenever you're you're you have doubts and you say. You know, the, th- the things you'll say that aren't really disparaging. You're just calling it out. I, I've been backing you up, but I, I, be- I have more belief that they're actually they have their stuff. Because I can't imagine I, that, I, uh, 100% like Fox and NBC would come to an agreement on a partnership and, and they'd invest in this and not have any of these details. I have worked never out. said that the USFL would not kick off in April, just how I never no. said the AAF wouldn't kick off. When it was their turn, you could have said that, and that actually would have been more believable for sure. Um, my thing is, is what is it going to look like? How is it going to feel? What's the business structure? What? There's a lot of questions. That's that's all there is. Is tons of questions, and then I'm gonna have tons of questions for the XFL when they kick off in 2023 too, because it's just that hard to put it all together in whatever amount of time you have, and that's what we see time in and time out from all these uh, spring leagues that try to go at this is they don't have enough time, and when you constrict your time where you don't have enough time to get coaches, where you have to throw in a draft and then maybe throw in players. But then what about COVID? Do you have to get them all tested before they even get there? You have to get these players signed. What if you get players there that aren't actually signed? Are we talking about a team nine? Like what's happening? There's so many different questions that, you know, they're, they're benefiting greatly from having this hub city, um, which they still haven't announced. So I assume it's still happening, but that we, you know, I bash the TV deal because there's a reason to bash it because right now it's, it's a mirage in your front of you to help you, you know, what is it? Misdirection. You know, have you look at the TV deal? No idea what's going on over here. That, and there's I holes mean, you I, can poke in the TV deal as well. I, I, I see the uh, logic in that, in that frame of thought. But again, I, I do see that the, they're taking an entity in the spring league and kind of reforming it. And we're hoping it looks completely different, but it is kind of already there in that regard. And the access to the players that were involved in that and agents and whatnot, we'll see who they actually get in this draft coming up whenever it happens, if it happens next month. Um, But right now you're right. We, we know the TV deal and that's it. Really. I have gone into seasons of American gladiators and known more about the production of that show 
<laughs> a sporting event type seasonal show yeah. than we know about the USFL. I knew White you know that- was going to have players. I knew that they were showing up. Like I knew that was going to happen. Because it's a TV show. It's being presented to us as just a TV viewing public like that, like an American Gladiators, a Titan, Titan Games, rather than a football league. A football league, which moly. Is, is presented, you know, with analysis and reporting and, uh, you know, information on the different departments of the league. And, uh, and there's really nothing going on. And we are barely just a skosh over three months away from the kickoff of the USFL. Is it disturbing? Not quite yes. yet to me. Oh, come I'll on. say it's frustrating. I'm not disturbed. I if think you should be worried. I think you should be worried. I'll be worried in a month. I, I'll well, give them two you're months. You're not worried about the actual product that's going to be on the field at this point. I'm not talking kickoff. Like, I still think they're going to kick off, but I am worried for the product that they're trying to put on the field. If they if they get it a draft done and they get players a whole month uh, to come together, I think they can have – there are enough good players that they're going to be apparently pulling from the college ranks immediately out of college right now. And whoever they had in the spring league and maybe some former XFLers, I think it could be a good quality football product given a whole month of uh, a prep down in Birmingham. I do. And maybe not in week one, but I think – through, over the course of a season, it can it'll look better. And by week, I don't know. We're we're, we're sitting here talking about how the XFL should start sending players as soon as they can, a year out if they can, to help kind of build the excitement for that league. Well, no, I don't know about players for the XFL. That'd be oh, why not? Why would you be want hard. players right now if you coaches, could? coaches and ambassadors? If you could yes. get court quarterbacks or whatever to start, you know, signing things that are like give your hard, team a face. Right hard now, hard to ask. Hard to ask a quarterback to just like sit on the shelf like that for a year. If though. you're paying him, what the heck? You got to pay the guy. Yeah, but you don't think Landry Jones would be like, oh, you guys want me to just kind of sit here and just say hi to everyone? Okay, sure, I don't do want the quarterback not playing. I would almost rather the quarterback be playing in another league or in college or yeah. something a year before the shot, XFL and kicks then off. you know he gets dinged for for and not gonna be able to play with your league, and then. Some announcer says, like, oh, at least he's doing it the right way. And then all of a sudden that just blows up. Like, it just, it just sounds like a mess. I mean, I know the Pitt would have won, won that Peach Bowl if Kenny Pickett played, that's for sure. Or if Nick Patty even played. But you don't want to get me going off on that's another podcast. Players sitting out. This week, too, is crazy seeing how terrible the college football playoff was and, and how all the bowl games were pretty much irrelevant. Uh, the players weren't in, interested. Rose Bowl was in probably the, the most fans. relevant. Really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I mean, there's history. The Rose Bowl does carry some of that, and it was you know it was quality football. Players were going all out, but still, most of these bowl games, like, there's no stakes, and we're in a a modern era. Something in college football needs to be done before a league like the XFL or the USFL capitalizes on that, and that's exactly what they're trying to do because it's not going to be hard. It's not hard to tell a player, why are you playing in this bowl? Why to get a free Xbox, come make money and play football in this league. You're going to be back on the field in a couple months. It makes Mm -hmm. no sense to go out there to the sun bowl or whatever the hell bowl you're playing in. It's this week was a revelation. I think for players, just how the last month of their football lives in a, or season, depending on, you know, if they're seniors, especially their football lives, some of them, is 
smoke and mirrors, they're being sold a lot of nostalgia and a lot of they should buy in and the program and that whatnot. But really, they're young adults who need to be thinking about a future. And now they have these opportunities with the USFL and the XFL. I think it's tremendous. And hopefully they jump on it and they don't play in these silly bowl games. Unless, you know, the NCAA changes something with the playoff or expanding it and they capitalize on it, which they probably will. Well, I mean, the NCAA and the basketball, you know, they, they do that because you're you you you're in it until the very end. If you win your conference tournament, you're in the big dance, right? That, that's it's incentives. Yeah. I don't know about college football. Exactly. You can get to that There's point. reason to be to commit still if you're and put time and effort into it like the last month these college players what are they doing and they come out and then the games are not that good you know their players look rusty it's hard it's hard to really get it it's 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 changing things need to change there otherwise the xfl and look and the usfl has blatantly said they're going to capitalize on this and we'll see how they do it that's Really something I think that was brought to light to a lot of people that weren't paying attention to that this week, uh, just how maybe fragile that is. A lot of players are going to be able to be got by these leagues. That's why I'm confident the USFL will look good, Bryant. There's a lot of good players out there. It's not a lot of time. There is not a lot of time. We're closer than ever. I can't stress it enough. Uh, but we're going to move things along now back to – Maybe the most XFL of all the XFL topics because it's the most XFL team, if you ask me. Uh, it's this week's hot read, and it's all about Kaka being the law once again. Former St. Louis Battle Hawk offensive guard Bruno Reagan took to Twitter. He has a radio show in Tennessee, Brian, and... I've never listened to it, but I'm going to start following his Twitter a little bit closely, closer than normal, because uh, he said Battle Hawks are back. And it's not official. There's no real rumblings, other than I did see also the local TV station, KSDK in St. Louis, uh, ran a story on TV about. It potentially returning to St. Louis, uh, stemming from The Rock's comments on a CNBC appearance that we covered last week. But that groundswell is happening. And we said eventually re- good reporters will leak out what local city governments are talking to the XFL. And we'll know probably and have an idea of whether or not it's going to return to St. Louis or anywhere else. But that's kind of already started. You at least have a former player with ties to the city going out there and saying they're back. To go out on a limb like that takes guts. We don't know the sources. It's not official yet, but I would bet on it, and I hope it happens. And if you ask me, the most important of all the teams returning to any of the cities from 2020 uh, into into 2023, Brian, is St. Louis, if you're ranking them. The most important teams and cities to bring back for this next season from the previous, St. Louis is your number one, right? Could cause the law. Yes, I think one hundred percent. It's it's less. first of all uh, the most XFL city in the history of the XFL is the LA Extreme. Or, I'm sorry, the most XFL team is the LA Extreme. That's just flat out. Just <laughs> <right there. laughs> I mean, I would love to see that game. It would be a great game. 
Saint the Battle Hawks <laughs> Tommy Maddox. The extreme. Yes. This is like, like I think Rocky Tommy Balboa. Gunn would probably pick them apart pick them apart. But it, but in terms of the support and the city, the uniforms, the the what, what was it? Bud Light Seltzer icing. What, what do you call that? That when was they were everyone. Doing the that wasn't just the Battle Battle Hawks. That was everyone. Did they start it? The most famous no, one. No, everyone did. Either way, St. Louis is, as far as I'm concerned, it was the the most down for the XFL in 2020, if you want to give them that. That's why, if, if you're ranking them one to eight, most important city to bring back in 2023 is St. Louis for me. That's your number one. Do you, do you have a list here? Because I kind of have a list here ready to go. I, I mean, I've had a list in my mind for the entire entirety of this thing. So, yes. Yes. Okay. Let, let's run it down. The, the, again, there is no official announcement yet. Um, and the reports aren't really coming in too fast quite yet. We assume they, they will be soon enough. But if any cities are coming back or they are bringing any cities back from 2020, my list of importance uh, that you would want to bring back St. Louis one. Number two for me, Brian, is Houston. How about you? Uh, I'm going to go with Houston as well. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Houston. Just because of the uh, they were able to generate some buzz there in Houston for um, – I think they were even selling upper deck tickets as well. Uh, the stadium was pretty decent. I liked it there. So I'm going to go with Houston. TDECU yeah, Arena uh, Stadium. Big, yeah, big city too. Plenty of fans to, to pull in and get, get interested, especially if you're good, which they were. Uh, number three, it's a tough call because they weren't very good, but I still believe in the city of Seattle is my third uh, must bring yeah. back. Yeah, that's 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 me too. I mean, Seattle is is a um, just based on the atmosphere there, right? And then and, and they were able to to generate a lot of buzz. They they were passionate about it. I think you. Ha- I think we, I've said it before. Those are the three teams that I'll definitely keep. And you have to have the right personalities. Now, Jim Zorn was brought in because he's a Seattle legend, but current Seattle, I don't think he was the right personality for the face of that of that team. Ooh, what if Pete Carroll coaches the Seattle team in the XFL in 2023? Oh, I mean, you have to have someone who's as in- independent and has a personality like Pete, a Pete Carroll tough to find. And of course is a winner. Um, but I think Seattle is my third must bring back. And then after my fourth one is a must bring back too, Brian, but after this five through eight are, I'm okay with if they're changing cities on any of these. But number four, I think, of course, you need to be at in or around New York. So bring back the Guardians or change their name. I don't care. And even change their stadium, but keep them in the New York, New Jersey area. Um, I'm still at a must keep, and I'm keeping D.C. Really? Yes. That Audi, Audi field in the Spear Snake was I, like one of the most iconic things yes. that the XL did bring. You don't want to lose stadium, that. The stadium Stadium's itself is magical. Too. It's where you kicked off there for the first time, you know, ever. So I'm going with DC. I, I, I mean, I see it. I don't have them there because I, I feel like there's other places they could go in the in the area. But that stadium is perfect. And actually, and then personally, I, I might end up becoming a big DC fan because now I have a cousin who lives like across the street from the stadium, Brian. Ooh, can you Got bet a, from a his house? Is he that close? He's close enough you could bet on the games from his house. Wow. Jeez, that's yeah. very close. Yeah, we're going to be, if, if, if DC comes back, we're going to have special times 
watching DC if they're defender the defenders or whatever they're called. Uh, number five. So this is where my threshold. I'm okay with changes. So I say bring back Tampa Bay, but bring back Tampa Bay or Orlando. I'm okay with either city, preferably Orlando. That's not bringing back a team. Sure it is. Orlando no. Vipers. So you don't even have DC in number five? No. A lot of people I'm go- in Florida. I'm going New York. And you, I don't understand this list now. I'm a little confused, but it's I'm going to bring back uh, New York at number five. What, what? This is the level of importance. It's Right here it says, is, rank which XFL 2020 teams are most important to bring back. Orlando yes. was not a team to bring back. The Vipers are a team to bring back, and you move them to yeah. Orlando. That's what I say. <laughs> Mark Tressman and all, ideally. Okay, uh, I'm going with Got New it? York. Oh, then you're really going to hate my number six. Okay. I say bring back the Dallas Renegades and move them to San Antonio. <laughs> Right? Makes sense. No? So what you're saying is that you don't need them to bring back the Dallas Renegades. No. Yes, exactly San what Antonio, you're saying. The San Antonio no, Renegades. That's what you're saying yeah. is you don't care that they, if they bring back the Dallas Renegades. Exactly. That's why they're number six level of importance to bring back. They don't need to bring them back. My threshold is four. After four, I don't care if any of the teams are brought back. So I say bring back the, that area, the, that area of Florida, but move them to Orlando. Okay, or, I say another Texas you, team. You, but move them Orlando, to Orlando, Tampa Bay. It's like the same. It's really the same. If they had a decent Dallas, train system in Florida, it'd be so simple. Yeah, there's they're different cities, but essentially. All right, just keep going. I'm gonna finish my list after you're done with this hogwash. Now, number seven of importance. I don't think a, D, a team in D.C. is as important as you do. So where are you going to move them? You I'm not moving it. I don't even bring I'm up not, D.C. anymore. I'm not, I don't have a place to move them. Ideally, I, I, ideally, I think you have a team in uh, – I, w- I would like a team in Philadelphia. And that part of the, part of, uh, the Northeast. Um, but, you know, D.C., the, the stadium was great. I don't know. Maybe I'm Pennsylvania biased, but I feel like just more there'd be more support in a in a place like Philly. But I'm in not, DC. I'm just, I do. Yes. Where do the where do the Philly United play? Whatever their team name is. The MLS team. Yeah. I don't know. Do they have their own stadium? I believe they don't they play have. at I don't the know link. They do own. they? I don't I know. know what, what does that is. matter? Well, I what just want to know what state because you got We talked about big They're stadiums. Really um, stadiums, you don't. Do you want to be playing at the link? I I think that'd be cool. It'd be cool to have a team there. Um, also, the the Eagles beat the Washington football team today, and Philadelphia DC, Union. Union, yes. Subaru Park. Oh. Oh, it's a nice stadium it, right on the newer top, than right Audi the, Field, right on the water. Yeah. Uh, opened in very nice. No, opened in 2010. It's not newer than Audi Field. Get out of here. Audi Field is like the last like five years, isn't it? It's pretty. pretty I think young. it was like the year that the. I think it was 2020. <laughs> it's pretty new. <laughs> yeah. um, that stadium's really cool. I don't know DC for some reason for me. I feel like they they like the XFL there, but I feel like there are other places 
north of D.C. that might even be more supportive. Uh, but, you know, that's just my hunch. Uh, number eight is L.A. for me. How about you? Why? Why? Uh, well, because it's just so hard to fill a stadium in L.A., even if you're an NFL team, unless you have other people's fans come into the stadium. So it's, it's tough, though. But, again, I want a team in L.A. I want a team in D.C. It's not saying I don't want teams in these cities. It's just I feel like there's other cities that are large that also will give more support. But you also have to be in these cities. So it's a t- it's it's t- it's a tough call. To me it comes down to do you want the big markets in your yes XFL or not? That is just hands down. I think St. Louis is the one exception to the rule because of the unique situation that happens with St. Louis and you know every other league, every other team in the league was also a NFL host. So do you move to Orlando? Do you move to San Antonio where there is no NFL? Do you do those things? Because the XFL didn't do that first time around. Is it necessary? No. Because it looks and good on television? Why yeah. didn't they do it the first time? There's so many questions. And, and there was yeah, a yeah, commitment was to too. that. That was also the good thing about 2020, the commitment to being in those types of cities, regardless of, oh, we might have a lot of empty seats in L.A. But we're in L.A. might have a lot of empty seats uh, in Dallas, but we're in Dallas, you know, that was the thinking. And I, I respect it as someone who went, went through the, you know, watching ever all five weeks and seeing how it was kind of, you, you just feel, I felt bad for Tampa Bay fans because they weren't as having as good of a time as the people in DC or in St. Louis. Um, but the, 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 the idea that they had, being in NFL cities, being in the big markets makes sense. But also there's parts of it that don't like you're going to be, you know, but you're not in Chicago. Why? What's the reasoning? That's what we don't know. And one interesting thing. And then you hear rumors that there might be more teams in 2023. We don't know if there are. I can't imagine there's more than 10. Could you? I can see 12. Really? Man, I'd be I mean, they're, they're talking really, about this really international spin, and, and 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 you know, if you had ten teams and, and two of them are international, or three or four of them, like you still need the U.S. to be the base of this league. And if you only have six teams, if you only have, um, you know, only a few of those teams actually being in the United States, then you start running into problems. I think personally. So do you think if there's a ninth and 10th, 11th and 12th team, then one of them will be in Toronto? It could be. I'm just saying yeah. if they're doing this international you know, spin on this whole thing, that you still need a that, good amount of teams in the U.S. That's the twist. That's the twist with 2023 to me. I can handle pont- like pontificating and pondering ideas about 10-team leagues, 8-team leagues, being in big cities in the states, but then you throw in they want to be an international league, grow the game globally. What does that mean? And are you going to really take that swing and put a team in a place like Canada or even Europe or Mexico? Um, that would be crazy ambitious. I just can't picture it. It just seems like too ambitious for year one. I mean, the NFL can't even really pull it off. So that's what that's what gets me. 
I'll give you nine, team nine and team ten. Two new teams, two new cities. Where are you putting them? Assuming all eight 2020 cities are still intact. Um, assuming all eight cities are still intact, the other two that I would go to are Philadelphia. And I'd probably definitely try to hit the San Francisco market. Although I don't want to just because of where the stadiums are kind of located. And if you play at AT&T Stadium then, or Field or whatever they call it nowadays, AT&T Park, you have to like Beautiful. line up teams on both sides. So it's a little weird. It's you, you can't have two sidelines like bowl games there, right? Or special yeah, something. And you just can't like, so it's yeah. just a little weird in that area. Um, I'd go there. Maybe throw in another team in San Antonio, leave Dallas and Houston. Um, I'm all for Dallas moving to San Antonio. Just based on what I saw there. I'm also down for Tampa Bay to move to Orlando, but um, I'm not okay with those with those markets coexisting Tampa Bay and Orlando so don't do that don't don't double up in uh that you know middle to north Florida don't but double if you're trying up, to hit don't the triple big markets, up in Texas you know, if you want do you yeah. want Boston is it Toronto do you stay in Toronto do you go up to BC in that area Vancouver no well you're you're saying all the cities that aren't my two I'm giving I'm giving you my the the original eight, the only other one that I the our original ones I was pushing hard for Portland and Columbus those are the two cities that I thought deserved based on just kind of how they kind of rally around football itself but. yes and that's where that's where I'm going so Columbus well, you, I'll give you a, if we're going to a, a ninth new city uh, Columbus Ohio solely because Ohio like killed it in XFL. T- TV viewership. Everybody in Ohio apparently loved the XFL. Everybody in Ohio loves football. Put them in Columbus. And then my 10th city would be Vegas. Because it's so hard. For the same logic that the A's can't stay in Oakland and the Warriors moved over to San Francisco only because a bunch of money was paid for an arena... And the Niners don't even play in San Francisco anymore. Just so hard to get like a good deal with local government in Northern California that's beneficial to a league, especially a young league. I mean, a league as powerful as the NFL or MLB can't really uh, get get these uh, cities to bend over and, and bow down to the to their leagues. So how's the XFL going to do that in Northern California? I'm thinking so. What's the next thing? What does everybody do? Go to Vegas. Plus, Vegas is pretty lucrative. These teams are doing well. That are in Vegas. Well, I mean, Values go up for the franchises when they go to Vegas. Now, Raiders, your Golden Knights. Yeah, but the only I mean, the Golden Knights didn't go to Vegas. They were born there. Well, they, very different. Yeah, born there. Um, I think Vegas, to me, uh, is lucrative. But you gotta have to play in that stadium. You're gonna have to play in that uh, that spaceship of a stadium, Allegiant Stadium. So, where else are you gonna play? There's nowhere the else Death to Star. play down the strip. Yeah. So, so that just becomes a challenge as well. But I, I like it. I think you definitely have to hit the big markets. You have to be in LA. I know people want to say move to San Diego because of the fans. I don't care. I literally don't yeah. care about the fans. No one cares about the fans. The NFL doesn't care about the fans that go to a stadium. <laughs> no one cares about the fans. This is all about making the money and getting as many eyeballs on your product as possible. 
Trust me when I say that it looks a hell of a lot better if The Rock's coming to you live from Los Angeles than it does if he's coming to you live from San Diego. And if you want a, you want a lucrative and beneficial uh, deal with where whatever town you're playing in. You want it to be a good relationship where they're welcoming you, you're providing them with quality services as a football league, great family entertainment, affordable events, pumping money into local economies, and the cities want you to come in and, you know, pay your fee, pay your share. And you got to find the right places to do that. I'm interested to see how they come up with the places they play. And I'm really, above all else, I'm really hoping St. Louis gets one back. They deserve it. They proved it, that they can support it, and they they love it, and they want it. Why not give it to them and make it work? Uh, also, um, while we're talking about this, this is really one of everyone's fam- favorite kind of discussions whenever we're talking XFL cities, and they're not yet announced, Brian. I remember back in 2018, uh, this was one of our, you know, we did this kind of discussion many times. My wife just texted while we're talking because she could hear her on the other side of the oh, glass here of the studio. But Those she, aren't said, glass. Those are she said Austin, Texas. She said Austin, Austin Texas. Texas. Austin FC, right? There's a team there, I think. Yeah. Great town. Um, just all I ask, wherever these teams play, is do not, please, when it comes to April, do not make these teams play on a half-dirt field. No baseball stadiums, please. No. No. No baseball stadiums. I'm hoping for the youth of America. They never have to even see that on TV or know what that is, like we had to see for so many years for some teams growing up. Bryant, do you yeah. ever feel I? I can't stand the Raiders, but I always felt bad for them having to play on such a dingy looking field that is half a baseball field. Uh, <laughs> high schools don't even have to do that. <laughs> I mean, we did because we just ran that grass down to the dirt. But that, by the way, week ten or whatever it was. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah, don't. Yeah. And I, just, I don't it, don't want it. And they don't have AstroTurf anymore, so it's like it's hard to do. We make it like Three River Stadium. They used to do it too, but it was like With, easily. I mean, Pittsburgh adjusted. should probably go back to uh, artificial anyway. But ah, artificial turf. Artificial turf looked great in Madden. It did. Ra- ra- bring it back. That was one of my favorite parts of playing Madden back in the day. Looked I wonder great. if the, I haven't played Madden in a couple of years, but I wonder if the new Madden has like the little black little pellet, you know, balls that pop up. The pellets get flopping up from the cleats. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I think you the last one I played. Last one I played maybe was like maybe three or four years ago. Been out of the Madden game for a while. Might have to get back in. Saw they have Bo Jackson in the game again. <laughs> try to switch over from Tecmo Bowl to Madden again. Look, Alan, I, I think there, there are so many things that go into picking a stadium, picking a city, picking whatever it is you got to pick to get in there. I think there's a lot of factors that maybe weren't the same factors in 2020. So whereas LA maybe doesn't look as enticing because of the way it was presented on television, maybe you don't care about that so much anymore and you work your way around that. It's possible. Give yourself some time during LA. Same thing with New York. You work your way around it. You put all the people on one side of the stadium, make it look all hunky-dory. You're good to go. The, let yeah, the product that, speak for itself. I, I think if, when they're putting these uh, deals together with the cities, how it looks on TV is pretty – I think it has to be low on the 
the things to worry about for for the league. The things to worry about are: is the deal good? Or do we have to pay an arm and a leg to put a team in this city? Those are the things. How, you know, concessions and all that, all the logistics. That's what matters. Not actually a, how it looks on TV. That's what there fans could be a lot about. of cities too that are like, mm, we're good. We already yeah. tried this before. They we might just say no. Again. And who would have blamed St. Louis for getting burned on by the NFL and then having to endure the XFL going away in the middle of a love affair? Um, yeah. You know, that, that, but I think the XFL owed Houston a lot of money for all the, you know, you know, all the things that, that happened there. Yeah, the, the bankruptcy, yeah, really damaged the relationship between the league and some of the cities. But that was the old ownership of the league, so hopefully the new ownership is able to separate those and get the cities to buy back in. I'm pretty confident, Bryant, we're going to see uh, the majority of the 2020 cities in 2023. How about you? And I definitely have a very positive feeling about St. Louis. I'm very, you know, I don't think it's 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 going too far out on a limb to say that St. Louis is coming back. Um, so... You know, I'm I'm confident there. I'm confident that many of the cities will come back as well. I'm interested to see how many more cities, if any, do come back as well. Eight always seems to be that magic number. But who knows? I you know, it could be, it could be ten. It could be twelve. I think twelve would be a great number, to be honest. I want ten. I think I'm rooting for ten. I'm team ten. I, I, I want twelve because you need the bad. You need some bad teams. Like that's that's the sports. You need bad teams. Who wants that's bad sports. teams? No, you need bad teams. You no. need that team that you're going to go in and put like 40 up on. I want every cruise. team in this league to be either six and four or four and six no, or five and five. Not. No, it's just boring football. No, it's not. It's exciting every week. It's very tough to gamble on. <laughs> that's that's the best part about it. it. Makes it fun. I don't know. I don't want bad teams at XFL show. Do you want bad teams in the XFL? That's a, that's the most controversial thing you've said all day. Screw the USFL things you say. <laughs> What's bad teams in the XFL? What kind of, what is that? That makes no sense. And the you show. That, you don't <laughs> want that team that you go in and just like, you know, score 50 on and call it a W for the week. You like Every league like, yeah, needs their Detroit Lions. No, they yes. don't. Yes, Nobody they do. wants that. Everybody <laughs> Get does. Get out of here. Oh, man. Uh, well, <laughs> I just think, I think you're giving too much credit to, uh, what do you call it, to, uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, shit. I forget. doesn't matter. Parody? Parody is the word I'm looking for. Thank you, Alan. There That's what is. I'm here for. Parody. But either way, uh, you can catch us here every single football Sunday-ish, I think, right? <laughs> right here. Technically, this one's coming out. Yes, yeah, football Sunday on the West Coast. <laughs> well, you can t- so subscribe on your favorite podcast app that's google uh, stitcher tune and apple wherever you get your podcast make sure you give us that five-star review and tell your friends about us if you got a question comment or topic you want us to cover well then call our text or call the xfl fan line 724-565-4xfl remember standard text messaging rates do apply also follow us on all social media platforms at xfl show instagram twitter facebook uh, even some other ones probably we, we i just don't remember them all tiktok maybe yeah sure there as well or if you want to come and say hello to us Hi. Uh, well, then come and subscribe and watch us on YouTube at XFL.show, the official website of This Is The XFL Show. And don't forget to check out our sponsors, Pretty Easy Podcast. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com and get started today because they make podcasting uh, pretty easy. So we will uh, wait and see when XFL rumors uh, swirl even faster and harder about the cities the league will be playing in in 2023. Hopefully uh, 
people in St. Louis are now, now that the New Year's here and all the holidays are kind of winding down, they could get to the getting the info for us so we can sink our teeth into it. I'm uh, really excited for the city if they get the, the league back there. Of course, all the other cities. Let us know what cities you, if maybe you want to make changes. Maybe you want 10 teams. Are you team 10? You want team 12? You want 12 teams? Let us know at XFL. Call the, XF, call the XFL family. We did this last yes. year or whatever we did this. It was like, why does your city deserve an XFL? Yeah. Bust out some of those calls if we still have Yeah, maybe there's two. Assume, <laughs> let's assume, I mean, makes an ass out of you and me, but it's fun sometimes to be an ass. How about call the XFL fan line, 724-565-4XFL. There are two spots for two new cities in the XFL. Let's call it that. Two cities. Why does your city deserve one of those two spots? Let us know. 724-565-4XFL. The tale of one of the two cities. Yes. I don't I was thinking about this. Now. If we're off the, if we're off the uh, city subject now, uh, I had oh. this thought. Um, I want you to envision this. Mm-hmm. It's February 2023. Yes, we're on ESPN. Looking into the we're future. On ESPN. We're watching mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the DC Defenders taking on the New York Guardians at MetLife Stadium. Big rivalry game. Big coming in. Week one. Showing first clips game of the last time. Matt McGloin. Yeah. Here comes the kickoff, and it goes out behind in the back of the end zone. Yeah. That's horrible. I got. I want the rule book back. Bring back the kickoff. Please, for oh, the love of yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> but if it goes in the back of the end zone, then we can get a good shot of the beer snake if it's in D.C. That's true. Or we're, in, we're, in, we're in New York. But either way, it doesn't matter. I don't want the ball to go into the end zone. I want, I want to, I want a kick return, kick return. Ideally you want to, you want to pinpoint that thing perfectly. And then that's it's kicking is an important part of the game. It is called football kickers and punters matter. And uh, they did in the XFL in 2020. We'll see. We are of course, team 2020 rule book. So we will be of course, keeping an eye on any announcements on that. Although the rock didn't really, mention rules when he teased what's coming in the next month or two in that cnbc article if you missed that episode last week we broke down everything dwayne johnson said uh appearing on cnbc talking about the xfl announcing he has seven weeks or i'm done so and brian gave him that timeline the time frame (laughs) just like he's got the usfl has like a week before he's done with them so Go check out last week's show if you missed that. Definitely a fun one. New teams, new cities, a TV deal. What will it be? We broke down all of that. And, of course, this week's show, give us your reactions at XFL Show. Always fun to talk about the cities. And then when they get announced, always fun to hype them up and uh, people start puffing their chests out and developing that fan pride that uh, really was growing in 2020 and got halted. But it was some of our best be live that. shows, too, were like the reveals, the city reveals, the team name reveals, the draft. Those are some of our best times. I think we'll definitely look forward to that when those things start getting announced as live TV, live shows, YouTube. I am looking forward to the official announcement of the USFL draft, though, Brian, and finding out who's going to be the only people in the universe to cover it. Hey, you know what? We should might as well throw our names out there because we're available. We are I'm available. We, we are the only two that have covered a full spring league draft or a, a football league that launches in the spring draft. So who, who better? Who, I, I'm, who better? I'm down. I'm already doing research on available players. 
got I got a whole I got a whole book. I'll ready. do as much research as I did the last time we did this. <laughs> That's, and that is just an immense. He Alan, worked harder Alan, than he's ever did that day. Alan, who's Matt McGloin? Who's Matt McGloin? <laughs> Where did he play? Uh, some terrible school in the middle of the state. I don't know. All right. Well, that's it. That's it. That's it for the show, Brian. I got to get out of here, and uh, I got to start getting back on. Happy 2022, my friend. I'll see you yes. in a couple of weeks. I'm sure we'll be doing some yeah. shows together. Uh, stay safe. Live stay in person well. shows. We're uh, closer than ever. It's 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 the year of the XFL this year, and, and I'm and I'm stoked. I'm so interested to see what actually The Rock does. Danny Garcia, Redbird Capital, all of them. XFL ownership. I just can't wait because I remember what 2019 was like and I just want 2022 to be the same. Yep, it was a super fun year and hopefully this mirrors it. 58 weeks until kickoff. Lots of work to do. We're here doing it with you each and every week. Don't forget to subscribe. Tell your friends if they want to follow along the build-up to kickoff in 2023. This is the place to do it each and every single week. We love you and thank you for it. For Bryant, I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.